July 25, 1965, Bob Dylan goes electric at the Newport Folk Festival. While controversial with his fans, it's extremely effective against Neil Young's water-type lineup, though less so against Willie Nelson's grass-types. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And returning to the show, uh, one of our favorites, Katie Hannon, everyone. Hi, you guys. <laughs> Katie, thank you for being here. Thanks uh, for having me. Zach, thank you also. Sorry, I am in a weird place. I'm still getting set up a little bit. <laughs> sure. Because I'm uh, very prepared. Yep. I am also here, as I am every time. It is my, my gift and my curse. <laughs> I don't know what the gift aspects are quite yet. <laughs> I was going to say. But... The curse aspects have manifested quickly. I'm assuming the gift aspects are more long-term. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really writing it out, hoping that those gifts are just right around the corner. Yeah, just we've been waiting. waiting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is like, like people, if you've seen what we do in the shadows, it's like being the familiar to a vampire, where <laughs> eventually we're going to become a vampire, but... We got to play the long game here. I love how you see that as a gift. Well, it is a immortality um, sure. and a freedom from morality, I guess. <laughs> cool. <laughs> we don't need to dive any deeper into that. <laughs> I was thinking the opposite. Like, you'll get your gift in the afterlife, as we all will. Yeah. From... For our obedience to the Lord. Oh, what is his name? I'm drawing what? a blank. <laughs> You're telling me instead of doing a podcast once every two weeks, I could just go to church once every two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be a lot easier. It's a tighter it's schedule than there. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll fudge. He'll let me fudge the numbers a little. Yeah. <laughs> no one bats a thousand. I'll just like do finger guns at the skies every other week and be like, look it out for you, God. <laughs> that'll, that'll be good. You're looking out they don't for tell God. You, they don't tell you, but that's okay. Every other church, you could just kind of like be like, I'm thinking about you, big guy. And it works. <laughs> so it's basically sending a card to your grandmother. It's, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, it's the thought that counts. Um, yeah. So this is a podcast that is a comedy history podcast uh what does that mean history is not funny for the most part uh when ronald reagan almost died that was pretty funny but the rest of it's glum <laughs> and uh yeah the what we actually do here is we talk about a person or event from history we give the real account of that person or event and then another uh member of our esteemed council gives a crazy batshit alternate version that could be whatever they want. It could be as crazy as they want. It could technically take place entirely in the future and not be history at all. <laughs> That's up to them. It's allowed. I don't know if it's a good strategic move or not. But I mean, we don't have to figure out the, the cost-benefit analysis there. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, we, and then later you, the listener, vote on what becomes the true history of this brilliant blue polluted, dying, <laughs> cursed <laughs> marble we call Earth going forward. Uh, I, I want to almost just go back and find the point where Earth, like, jumped the shark in your, in your telling of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in my telling of it, it was probably, like, t 10 to 20 episodes ago. In life, it was, <laughs> I mean, we're talking at least 150 years ago, probably more like uh, 500. <laughs> okay not in your life okay yeah in in the world's existence 
regardless, uh, we are doing our medical history run of episodes uh, for no reason related to the real world at all. <laughs> if you're listening yeah. to this in 2025, nothing happened this year. It was good. And uh, last time we did uh, the dancing plague, the European dancing plague, uh, the results of which are not in yet. So uh, that that's still in the air. We'll get back to it next episode if you're curious about what happened with the dancing plague, according to two idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I was one of those idiots. That's true. Um, uh-oh. So I have this problem every time where if I am not doing one of the main <laughs> things, I fucking forget what the topic is. Uh, Jon Snow. Oh, right. Jon Snow. It's the one that's not Game of Thrones. And it's instead, <laughs> or maybe it is. I don't know. I don't it? know. Yeah, yeah, it could. I mean, there is a strong chance it is going to just be Game of Thrones at the <laughs> end of the day. There were definitely people I was like, oh, we haven't had them on in a while. But I was like, no, I know exactly what they would do with this. And I'm like, no, Katie's the wild card. I mean, the trap is... I mean, I did pretty baited. much... Ex- yeah, I... <laughs> no, I mean, at least I, at least I, like, I wasn't able to predict it. Yeah. It's, it's a tough time. I think we all have to go with our first thought at times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we're all struggling, so... Yeah, next week we're talking about the famous scientist Bruce Wayne. Just, <laughs> you know, whatever you comes to mind. Yeah. Oh, uh, God damn it. Well, uh, I'll be doing the actual history. And uh, Katie, you'll be doing the alternate. Yeah, I can't wait. That all checks out with me. Um, the person who did so much preparation that I forgot what the topic was. Um <laughs> Uh, regardless, uh, Brian, if you are all prepped and ready. Yeah, I am scrubbed up, ready to go. I will say, uh, before I forget, my main source for this was Michael Ramsey from Baylor University, uh, writing for the NIH. Hmm. And uh, on the other end of the scale, Wikipedia. Ramsey, 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 Bolton? Jon Snow's <laughs> classic rival? <laughs> yes. His Who classic wrote rival. slander about him? <laughs> <laughs> and was also like legitimately a torture and like, a rapist. The worst, <laughs> yeah. the the worst, worst character on the show. Yeah. 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 Of everybody on the show, the worst character to the point that it was like, writers, you didn't have to go this hard. It's excessive. <laughs> Where it's like, you're worse than Joffrey somehow. I know. We accepted Joffrey and now you've gone so hard that the community is turning on you. <laughs> it's, it's almost like the George W. Bush sort of revisionism. Where yeah. Joffrey is now like, oh man, yeah, he, he was kind of cute. It was funny yeah. when he did that. We could always be like, remember bow and arrow. Yeah. He's in that. He's in that scene in Batman Begins. That was fun. <laughs> anyway, Jon Snow. Um, he's sort of most famous as the the big daddy of epidemiology. The father of epidemiology. I guess is the way people would phrase that. Um, he was born in York in 1813, the oldest of nine children. Uh, thing you need to know about York is that it's located at the junction of two rivers, um, the Ouse and the Swale. Look, this is like some of these are like Russian for me, where I'm probably going to mispronounce these, even though they're fucking English. Yeah. Um, York is most famous for being upstaged by its son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the Gremlins 2 of cities. Um, mm-hmm. 
So most of well, the- no, Gremlins Two is clearly New York. Yeah, for yeah, 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 yeah. Numerous reasons. One, it takes place, <laughs> it takes place in, New, in York. New York. Yes, we know. Uh, it's better than the original, even though the original is very good. Anyway, most of the streets in Micklegate, uh, where the Snows lived, were unsanitary, ch- filled with poop. Basically, we'll say. Um, yeah. Which is a, a good time to mention, listeners, uh, this actual history going to have a lot more uh, uh, poo-poo talk than well, our histories typically do. So, so, just a heads up. So, you guys may remember, before J.K. Rowling was famous for being horrifically transphobic <laughs> and hateful and going on screens about it, she was most famous... And after she was most famous for writing a series of beloved children's books, she was most famous for saying the people in her children's books just pooped on the ground and magic the, the magical people at least did. Yeah. but yeah. these are not magical people this is just no, most of history normal. yeah where people pooped on the ground and it it stayed there until a water came a wind <laughs> yeah something um, that was a dog that ate it. yeah mostly mostly water um um real quick brian and zach i you might hear Byron is playing The Last of Us. Okay, that's what that Warren was. Max. So I believe he just shouted Jesus Christ. Um, so that's what that was. <laughs> I'm <laughs> keeping that in. he got eaten by a zombie or something. But just sure. Right. The yeah. Last of Us or The Last of Us Part Two, the sequel that a lot of people who don't like lesbians and trans people are very upset about? I'm not sure. Is it? I. It's not. I'll find out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe that'll be in the show notes, but probably not. <laughs> I didn't know there was that bad backlash to it. The first yeah, there's that. there's a lot of anger about that game. Uh, well, people are awful. So streets are full of poop, frequent floods, and runoff and drainage from the bad streets full of poop and a nearby sewage place meant that the river was often contaminated. Um, and so uh, those are sort of the conditions Jon Snow grew up in. Age 14, he becomes apprentice to a surgeon slash apothecary uh, named William Hardcastle, uh, who lived in Newcastle. Nice. Yeah, Hardcastle and Snow was yeah. actually their detective agency. Um, Replacing his former partner, McCormick, I assume. Yep. <laughs> That's for people who remember a show that was on before I was born? Yep. <laughs> so as, as a surgeon's apprentice... Uh, the rule was he could not drink, gamble, or get married. Because it would affect his surgery hands? I guess, yeah. Eventually, he did come around to, like, temperance and became a lifetime teetotaler. Uh, in fact, he tried mo- most of his life to only ever drink boiled water. Um, which is... <laughs> Weirder now than then, probably. Yeah, then it was... Then probably it was like, a pretty good idea. Well, well, we'll see where, where This he is a time when the, the streets were wisdom. literally made of poop. <laughs> so I don't know how much you trust the water, whose main job is washing away the poop. Well, we'll get to that. Um, there's also going to be like some stuff in here that you'll hear and be like, oh, I bet this guy fucks. Nope. Um, he signed an abstinence pledge when he was 22 oh. and held to it for the rest of his life. So keep that in mind if you ever Ooh. think he's cool. Um, Sounds a lot like another Jon Snow I know. Save save some for me, please. (laughs) (laughs) 
1832, in the village of Killingworth, uh, Hardcastle and Snow become involved in one of the first British outbreaks of cholera. <laughs> become involved in. <laughs> because, in, like, treating. Not in, Get not in like, promoting yeah. it. <laughs> I, I titled this next section, Cholera, Who Is She? Cholera is a bacterial infection of the small intestine. The classic I would have gone with cholera, I barely know her. Uh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll... If I can get a clean take on that, I'll edit that in. <laughs> the classic symptoms are watery diarrhea, uh, also known as rice water stool. Um, and it, it basically kills people by dehydrating dehydrating them rapidly. I can only find current fatality rates because uh, currently it's about 5%. But in areas sort of in the developing world uh, where people are more more vulnerable, it can be as high as 50%, which is probably closer to what it was uh, in the 1830s. When the wor- when this part of the world was developing by all yeah. definitions. Exactly. The disease itself likely originates in India, given that it has like the longest documented history there. And it sort of came to the rest of the world fairly late. Uh, the first outbreak to be really documented outside of uh, Southern Asia was in Russia in 1817. And from there, it spread worldwide. Um, of course, the symptoms are kind of general, so it could have been just like people probably had diarrhea all the time. That's just the past and um, the present. We still yeah. have we still have fast food. <laughs> this particular pandemic started near Kolkata, and the British colonial forces helped facilitate the spread. So Hardcastle and Snow they were treating patients, and s- sort of they got to know all the other doctors and started hanging out. And later five surgeons from that uh, crisis founded a medical school. Jon Snow was one of their first eight students. Uh, He still couldn't call himself a doctor. There was a weird thing where surgeons couldn't title themselves doctor. They just had to be like Mr. Snow surgeon. Um, So in order to go to an approved medical school to call himself a doctor, Jon Snow made a 400 mile walk from Liverpool to London um, just to do that. He I, love that. I love that logic of like, well, you might cut people open and remove vital organs and sew them back up, but I put leeches on guys. <laughs> so um, maybe you treat me with a little respect. <laughs> he enrolled in the Hunterian School for Medicine uh, for a fee of 34 pounds. The, the school itself is where the Lyric Theater is today. And then he rented a room near Soho Square. He sort of set up a lab and did um, all sorts of home experiments. When he was working in the hospital, he was able to finally study uh, things that were sort of off limits to him before, like obstetrics. Uh, he was also able to participate in autopsies. Um, and one of his first big things was um, they embalmed corpses using arsenic in those days and he did an experiment and found that the thing that was causing medical students to get very sick was inhaling arsenic vapor from corpses so his paper on that led to a change in embalming practices and also apparently caused candle makers to stop lacing their candles with arsenic which was a thing um i guess it made them (laughs) yeah It's, it's like a weird like yankee candle yeah. <laughs> Arsenic. <laughs> and lace. Well, that's yeah. a mm, Fresh lace. 
Extremely oh. popular candle flavor at the time, yeah. That's the thing. Why do you want old lace? Anyway, he set up practice as a surgeon, general practitioner, and obstetrician. Uh, he was known for being like good at baby delivery, good at babies. Um, he studied especially like respiration and the chemistry and physics of inhaled gases like ether and chloroform and specifically their okay. application to midwifery. Okay, so this guy's like, I don't drink. I just inhale gases. gases. Just like ether and chloroform, you know. So he's like straight edge in a way, I guess. Yeah. Parties, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't drink many parties, yeah. Yeah, no, he, he definitely <laughs> describes himself as a partier. Lots of PSAs <laughs> about teens, don't drink. You've got your ether at home. <laughs> he had like one of those t-shirts that's like ether and cholera and STS-9 and string cheese incident or whatever. In London, he attended numerous meetings of like medical societies, uh, which had like regular like debating groups, uh, shared like their hot medicine goss. Um, and then in 1846, 1847, he designed an ether dispensing contraption. Because like the problem was ether works, but it's very hard to give to people because you... Yeah. Basically, just have to throw a gas See, at their face. A lot of what people did before he designed this ether contraption was you would take an apple and just kind of hollow it out and then you'd use <laughs> that to get your ether. Yeah, I heard of that, but with like a Coke can was what. That yeah. was also popular. It was <laughs> also really popular. You really get the like aluminum too, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. Can you make a bong out of a pineapple? This is purely academic. Almost okay. certainly, yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Good to know. Um, for reasons. So in 1847, he published a book on the inhalation of ether, uh, which sounds like a banger. And he also began studying chloroform more intensely, because uh, that was when it was really uh, first introduced. Uh, in 1848, he investigated the death of Hannah Greener, a 15-year-old who died during toenail surgery. Where Most dangerous surgery. Yeah. Uh, well, the danger was she was given chloroform via a rag over her face. And so she quickly like lost pulse and died. Snow sort of investigated her death and a few other chloroform related deaths. And hers actually became the first recorded death from anesthesia. So he devised a safer way to use chloroform. The um, The church, medical establishment, and society didn't approve of using anesthetic during childbirth pregnant women sure did because he started like administering it to them when they came to him but society frowned upon it for reasons uh misogyny despite this he gave queen victoria chloroform during the birth of her last two children uh and her sort of public embrace of it led to uh, a wider embrace among the scientific community which is not how that should work. But anyway, the thing he's really known for is uh, at this time, there is another cholera, pa cholera pandemic underway and it reaches London in 1848. And the theory at that time was that cholera was spread by what's called miasma, other no otherwise known as bad air. Uh, so it was like pollution or just like corruption. Germ theory had not been developed at this point. Sure. Uh, miasma was sort of dominant. The theory that illness was a moral failing was sort of falling by the wayside, which was nice. Sure. We're in a nice um, middle ground between absolutely fucking insane and 
<laughs> somewhat somewhat accurate <laughs> so, somewhat yeah I, uh, I found this quote that said miasmus blamed cholera on bone merchants uh and workers in slaughterhouses uh <laughs> snow uh famously abstinent so not a bone merchant didn't snoop dog play the bone merchant in that one movie yeah yeah in that movie bone merchant yeah yeah <laughs> i got bones here bones <laughs> I really hope I remembered right that it was Snoop Dogg and the Bone Collector, but I think I remembered it wrong. Oh, uh, oh! I thought you were thinking of the movie Bones. I've never seen the Bone Collector. The television show Bones with uh, David Boreanaz and David Boreanaz. No, there's a Snoop Dogg movie just called Bones. The um, Bone Collector. Yeah, the Bone Collector was Denzel Washington, but there was definitely yes, a horror yes, movie. Okay. There was, was definitely a horror movie where Snoop Dogg played like a killer. Uh, I think he was like he was either a vampire or a werewolf or both. I don't know. I've not seen oh, bones. See a crossover. Oh man, workers in slaughterhouses, knackers' yards, and other offensive trades whose foul-smelling odors were thought to be closely involved in transmission. Uh, that was the miasmus theory. As a respiratory dude, he didn't fuck with that snow. Based on his data, cholera could only be transmitted by swallowing what he called uh, morbid matter, um, which was just anything that was infected. And specifically, he figured the source of the swallowing had to be water. And he developed like the first waterborne theory of transmission. For Ooh. reference, it appears that in Knacker's Yard, it was some kind of business that dealt with the removal of animal carcasses that were not fit for human consumption or not you know, uh, used for human consumption. They were like okay. diseased or wasted away or something. Got it. Um, so he, Snow started studying the cholera hit neighborhoods in London and by like specifically focusing on them and by surveying the people who lived there, he found that people who drew their water from the shared pumps operated by the Southwark and Vauxhall water company, whose water came from downstream in the Thames um, had a much higher rate of cholera than nearby people who used a pump operated by a different company whose water came upstream from uh, the cleaner, uh, quote, seething wells, which sounds dirtier, had less poop. Uh, The medical community didn't agree. There's some discussion of, like, they just had a hard time getting over the idea that they were all drinking poop, and that was bad. I'm amazed anyone survived this time. So his theory didn't really gain a lot of traction. Uh, But there's another London outbreak in 1853, uh, and Snow began one of the first modern epidemiological studies. And it repeated a lot of the methods of his earlier study. He surveyed the sick around the outbreak hotspots and eventually came to the realization that the city's major cluster uh, was focused around the Broad Street water pump, which was owned by Southwark and Vauxhall. Even people who were closer to a different pump reported to him that they liked using the Broad Street pump because they preferred the water from it. <laughs> Southwark and Vauxhall truly... This is why they called him... called Jon Snow the Aaron Brockovich of the 1850s. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know where you're going with that. It was also, Jen had a very strong physical reaction to the idea that people preferred the poop. They were like, mmm, yummy. <laughs> a little extra mm-hmm. flavor. Just tangy, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. 
Um, that's disgusting. He took his findings to the, uh, the parish board of governors and they ordered the immediate removal of the water pump's handle. And cases of cholera declined in the area and the cluster basically disappeared. But the parish board wasn't totally convinced that snow was right. They basically just um, removed the handle because they were facing like emergent, an emergency and they're like, we'll try anything. After the cluster disappeared, they ordered the handle reattached. Um, and so cholera kind of ebbed and flowed after that. Uh, John Snow continued to argue his theory for the rest of his life, but it wasn't accepted among his peers until the fourth major London outbreak in 1866, uh, where one of his rivals was basically trying to conduct a study to disprove Snow's work, uh, but fucked it up and ended up proving it. John Snow was dead, so he couldn't enjoy that. He died of a stroke in 1858. He did, like for the rest of his life, keep experimenting, mostly on himself, until he died. I guess just giving himself ether, um, which we'll call experimenting. He's buried in London's Brompton Cemetery, which is the most British cemetery. Brompton. Uh, (laughs) a, A plaque commemorating Snow and his study stands on the site of the old Broad Street pump. The John Snow Society is named in his honor, and uh, that society regularly meets at the John Snow Pub, which is right across you know, the street from the old pump. Everybody wants a plaque at a location where underneath it is a bunch of shit water. <laughs> <laughs> that kills people, yeah. Uh, the society puts on what's called an annual pump handle lecture, uh, which is delivered each September by a leading authority in public health where apparently part of the ceremony is at the beginning of the conference, they take a a fake handle off a fake water pump. And then at the end, they put it back on to symbolize how much work they have left to do. And that is the actual history of Johnny Snow. I thought it was such a bummer that he just like died at 45 or something yeah. after a lifetime of abstinence and drinking boiled <laughs> water and veganism and yeah veganism i forgot that part too yeah i i feel like part of it was like he had accidentally sub room temperature water and his body just wasn't ready for it <laughs> yeah he had no immune system it's like going I mean, it could have also been that he huffed four jars of ether a day. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he was, yeah, I hope that he, I hope he was happy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once the ether hit, he probably was. Yeah. Yeah. He was something. He was yeah, nothing. I'm sure his dad made him huff like a whole carton of ether. Yeah. <laughs> On his 16th Christmas for his first, yeah, for his birthday when he was 16, his dad gave him. A carton of ether and said, huff up. Huff up, Johnny. <laughs> Still works. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Brian, for the real accounting. Mm-hmm. But now we jump over to Katie <sighs> to see if there's any alternate takes on the life of old Jon Snow. Yeah, I heard some different things. Um, again, I apologize. It's a tough time for us no, all. Please. So. I did not mean to impugn that sort of thing. I mean, the man's name is Jon Snow. So uh, he was born in England-ish, probably. It seems, you know, like that. Or an analog Uh, thereof. Yeah, you know, some sort of thing like that. Uh, 
he, his family, there were many children, as you said, Brian, lots of kids. Uh, he was the least favored child. I think mm. we can all agree. Um, but lived, you know, kind of an idyllic life, uh, in the countryside. Um, and then I think we both were kind of on to the same thing here at age 14. Uh, he joined the Night's Watch, so he <laughs> could not drink, gamble, mm-hmm. or get married, that kind of thing. Took a vow of abstinence, pledged uh, himself to a life of purity. So basically everything Brian was saying. Um, and, you know, he uh, did some learning there. Little, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there were some maesters, uh, you know, who taught him some things. One of my favorite things about Game of Thrones is that he just changes one letter. One. Like, what is this world? I can't even imagine. Such world building. A maester? What could that be? John Snow's Edward a... and not Edward? What? John Snow's an especially good one because he takes the H out of John, even though still in the yep. real world, there's some people. <laughs> there's like plenty of fucking people. Yeah, just Jalen. Yeah, uh, I mean, or, yeah, I, I'm Catelyn, so... there's plenty of... People go by cat, but there's trenchers um, of gravy. There's capons. Yeah. There's a lot of food porn, which we also have in real life. Um, yeah, so there was uh, an epidemic sweeping the north at that time, um, and a lot of people were sick and dying. Uh, and he, you know, wanted to do something about it, um, but he actually uh, he knew nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Jon Snow knew nothing, so he couldn't really do much. He didn't really understand it, I don't think. I think there was some different theories about what was going on with miasma or whatnot, but it was a little more complicated um, than that. Um, and then Jon Snow, he did, uh, he learned a lot. And like, you know, as you were saying, Brian, he found out, you know, about some, you know, he did some different experiments found some revolutionary medical procedures um such as using dragon glass and valerian steel <laughs> and even fire to combat this epidemic that was sweeping the nation. <laughs> um but unfortunately a lot of people didn't believe him they didn't they didn't mm-hmm. want to see it that way you know that seemed scary to them it seemed gross uh so he really had to find some allies to try and convince people what was actually happening. Uh, he needed some more resources. Uh, so he reached out to, um, you know, someone that he thought could help similar to, you know, what you were talking about, Brian, unfortunately it was his aunt and he did fall in love with her. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's, what happened. that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's hot. She's literally scorching um, and he fell in love with her. And that really turned a lot of people off. They really did not like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I can attest to that. Yeah, yeah that's how, that feels right. One. Yeah, I think we all... I, this is completely an aside, and maybe you can cut this out. <laughs> but I do, I work... Um, my job, I'm a therapist, and I do work with adolescents who uh, have sometimes done something inappropriate sexually... And then sometimes it's my job to explain why family members shouldn't have sexual contact. And like, really, sometimes I'm like, 
this sounds terrible. <laughs> but I'm like, it's a societal value. <laughs> and I mean, if they had children, they would, you know, the, the closeness in genetics is bad for reproduction. But like, if I asked you, like, why is incest wrong? What would you say? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, where do you start? <laughs> where do you start? Um, anyway, people don't like it. That's one thing. Obviously, if one of the parties is a very young person, I would go ahead and, but that's really yeah. more of a pedophilia well, thing. For sure. Yes. Yes. We're yeah. definitely. And then there's. Here. The incest, the the, uh, the the chance for uh, problems, birth defects, and the like. Yes, but totally. I did think the other day, like, if two people who are cousins... I can't wait to hear this. Who are both, like, say, both men or both women and have no chance of having children anyway are in love with each other, why would that be a problem? And I had trouble answering. Sometimes you're like, when you really think about it, I mean, I think the... I mean, power dynamics obviously are, yeah. you know, if yeah. someone's in more power, someone's in less age, obviously, you know, no thank you there. But like if, yeah, it's, you know, it's, that's a good question. Maybe something <laughs> to think on. Yeah, this could be a bonus episode. <laughs> well, we should probably move on. Yeah, yeah, let's not get into this. Um, I, I will say, Katie, every time I would like, every time I... I mean, this isn't happening now, but see you at a show or a mic, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, I just came from work. I'd be like, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that's a good thing to remember. Let's, just any time you see me, that that's what's going on with, with me in my day-to-day. Um, let's listen to people in desperate need of help on stage. <laughs> um, okay, yes. Yeah, so, but, yeah, ultimately, society, even this society at this time, frowns frowns upon it um so yeah that was really distracting from the issue of the epidemic that was sweeping the nation and uh ultimately you know he made some good points he got some resources (laughs) and really the end of the epidemic was pretty anticlimactic it just kind of died (laughs) somebody did something and it went away uh you know, just like what Byron was saying, pretty anticlimactic. Um, the real hero was the kid sort of everyone forgot about for a season and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, most people didn't like any of this stuff that was happening. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, ended up not really, you know, nothing happened with the aunt. She kind of lost it a little bit. He's not a psychologist. He's an epidemiologist. Um, so that just... He let it go. Um, and yeah, the, uh, luckily the disease ha- outbreak had, had been quelled. Um, and it kind of seemed like that, you know, he could just go about his life, um, kind of still trying different things um, and kind of more in obscurity at this point. And so he did retire. Uh, he started playing with like a blues band later in life. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, it, his time in the in the spotlight had kind of eroded or, you know, it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a child. Um, yeah, his, his interest in music and um, his work kind of strained his relationship with his kid, ultimately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, couldn't, yeah I couldn't have a music dad. <laughs> no, no one wants a music dad, <laughs> including his own child. And, you know, his child really felt um, left behind at a lot of different times. And 
uh, he actually, he gave his kid a harmonica um, just to be like, I'm always here with you. you know? and, um, <laughs> unfortunately, he like, thanks, went to play. A, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he went to play a gig, uh, decided he was sad, at, you know, missed his child and, and turned around and unfortunately uh, died in a car crash right here in Colorado, if you can believe that. Um, <laughs> really sad, tragic ending to his life. His son was pretty sad about it. Um, but, you know, his son was like, I have this harmonica that my dad gave me, pulled it out about a year later, uh, played it a little bit. And what do you know, like his dad wasn't, it didn't just mean his dad was here spiritually with him, um, but also like corporeally came back to life in the form of a snowman. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, yeah. And that's when the snowman revealed that his name wasn't actually, his name, John Snow, was an alias for his real name, uh, which is Jack Frost. So mm-hmm. that's the alternate history <laughs> of John Snow. Uh, two terrible pieces of entertainment that I just <laughs> together for no reason with some talk of incest i love it um not not the not i said the that <laughs> as as the incest part was coming back into play i love and, it yeah. <laughs> Listen, viewer listeners you have a special poll this week about uh, not just the topic but also how do you feel about incest let's hear let's open it up <laughs> no press um, i mean we all know it's wrong but like when you really think about it <laughs> all right Anyway. Uh, before, before we conclude real quick uh plugs time i'll start i got a new podcast it's revi- i revived a podcast i did with my friends uh russell and chris about 10 years ago uh, because it's covid times and no one has anything fucking better to do um it's called the movie trap uh it is sort of a game showified movie podcast we have an episode with Brian coming out, but we did bank a few. So that might still be, if that's going to be probably at least like a month out from now before yeah. that one comes out. But regardless, eventually Brian will be on it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, given the movie I had to watch for it, I still dispute the idea that there's nothing better to do with my time. <laughs> Is it a secret or can you tell us? I don't know. I didn't, that's okay. why I didn't want to. Yes. I don't, uh, it is an 80s comedy classic starring Steve Gutenberg uh, about an institution that is facing some scrutiny. Oh, right okay, now. okay, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, listeners, as for me, I'm just going to go ahead and sort of ride the same train we've been riding these many months and say that if you, uh, if you are so inclined, maybe the thing to do right now would be, say, giving blood or donating to a bail fund or spending your time confronting your own racism. Also registering to vote. That was the other thing. That was the thing I was trying to remember. Those are the things I would like to plug. Like Zach said, I'll be on an upcoming episode of The Movie Trap, which was a lot of fun. Uh, And then maybe comedy will ever return. (laughs) Who knows? Probably not this year. Uh, Katie, you have anything? No, I just want to say I don't approve of incest. Um, <laughs> but other than that, we've so many episodes end Katie, that way. Katie, Katie's going to go ahead and plug having sexual relations with people you're not related to, yeah. or are sufficiently sufficiently distantly related to. Yeah. We're all related to some degree, but yeah, true. The more distance, the better. Fine, yeah, get some variables in that gene pool. Yeah, I think that's what we all need. Um, get a few greats, get a few removes <laughs> at the very least. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is say... we're getting further and further away from incest is bad territory again, and I don't. Well, I, I want to remain moored on solid ground. <laughs> yes, incest uh, is bad, and if you can explain why, tweet at Brian. Write us. <laughs> yeah, tweet us at Ted Cruz. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's all I got. Now I don't have anything else going on. So well, now I have to leave the incest stuff in. <laughs> okay, that just leaves it to me to vote. Uh, vote number one: incest is actually bad. That's the first vote, and uh, then we're gonna go ahead and talk about the actual stuff we talked about. Uh, originally, when Katie started her story, I couldn't I couldn't fault her for going the Jon Snow route. It was right fucking there, but I was like, the flaw here is you have to choose between two bad options: either the story ends badly. Or you just stop at a certain point and then tell us what happened maybe in 10 decades if you're not dead. <laughs> but you went with a different route and uh, brought in one of my favorite tricks, another movie, and just also <laughs> did that. It's a trick I've used multiple times on this podcast. Yep. Um, and I appreciate you didn't do the young CGI Jack Frost that like Archive of Our Own has a lot of sexy fanfics about. Um, what? You didn't do... There was a fucking DreamWorks movie with a character who was Jack Frost. Mm. And he was a sexy teen boy. Oh. It was like the Guardians of some shit. They were like the Tooth Fairy was in there and Jack Frost. Oh, okay. I remember this. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that Jack Frost was hot. Okay, I'll give yeah, it. Yeah, they, they were fighting the Sandman or something. It was, it was some shit like that. <laughs> um, yeah, J.K. Simmons played like a buff Santa Claus or something. I don't know. Um, what? Let's see this. That that was actually Claus, but I think there was a buff Santa Claus. <laughs> anyway. It's the tooch. Anyway, uh, but yeah, you, you subverted it. You didn't go with the serial killer Jack Frost either. You went with the 90s Michael Keaton one. Uh, so that's, you know, only 90 kids, 90s kids remember. That's fun. And so I think I will go with yours for avoiding yeah. the pitfalls of the television show, which is writing a bad ending and avoiding what the, if Game the pitfalls of, of the books. What if Game of Thrones ended that way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, ended like Jack Frost? Ended like the no, film no, no. after the Michael Keaton. <laughs> they like the last episode, they air just the They thing. air Jack Frost, yeah. <laughs> they oh, show, what they have been better? They show a better, time morph of Jon Snow, Kit Harrington turning into <laughs> Michael Keaton. To, yeah, he's just like playing. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Got real Bruno vibes also when you were talking better, about the harmonica better ending, and the fucking... I think. Better ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, well, listeners, voting is now open for you on the Patreon. Uh, and check out the Instagram poll uh, next Wednesday, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out. But I think that'll do it for this episode. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks sorry for having that me. We... This was so fun. Yeah. Sorry we were both in a rush. It's all good. Um, and Zach, thank you as always. Of course. Uh, for everyone here at The Revisionists, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. Have a good time. I really let the S sizzle on that revisionist. July 25th, 1868. The Wyoming Territory is established and becomes Colorado's stunt double. July 25th, 1965. Bob Dylan goes electric just to piss off your dad. Uh, one more. July 25th, 1814. 
American soldiers unsuccessfully attack Canada as a failed attempt by soldiers to liberate their girlfriends you haven't met yet but are super cool. Cool. That's all I got. Okay. Uh, July 25th, 1722. The Drummer's War begins along the main Massachusetts border. It is remembered as less sexy than the Guitarist's War, but way more sexy than the Bassist's War. July 25, 1861, the United States Congress passes the Crittenden-Johnson Resolution stating that the war is being fought to preserve the Union and not to end slavery, having come dangerously close to doing something worthy of genuine praise, the only way to kill the U.S. Congress. <laughs> July 20, I have one more. It's, it's dumb. July 25, 1943, Benito Mussolini. Yeah. July 25, 1943, Benito Mussolini is forced out of office by the Grand Council of Fascism. So, welcome to the resistance, I guess? (laughs) Oh, that's what I needed. 